thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This is episode 29. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And each week we bring you topics and information to help you unlock your inner wellness woman. So thanks for spending some time with us today. Now we're going to start our day today with a discussion on something that women just ask us questions about all the time. We've had lots of email actually saying, when are you going to do an episode on this? And it's all about prenatal care, how to get our bodies ready and balanced and optimized for the perfect conception, for, for creating a baby, for creating the life that you want as a family. And this is one of my favorite topics. I love helping women get pregnant. I love uh, saying that I get women pregnant every day. <laughs> it's such a fun thing and it should be uh, it should be that, that feeling of excitement um, and you know, passion around this topic. It shouldn't be so ridden with fear, which for so many people it is. And pregnancy and you know prenatal preconceptive care for so many women, unfortunately, is laden with such trepidation because now we've almost made pregnancy into a disease or a condition, right, that needs treatment and tests and books and classes and genetic testing and interventions and you know some of those things are incredible but it really sets women up to be absolutely terrified of things that their own body does so beautifully and so naturally isn't that the truth i mean how many of you listening right now have thought that you'd love to have a family one day but there's certain concerns there's fears i mean how many of you feel as though your body may not be able to create the baby mm-hmm. you'd love to make. Um, I mean, how many of you feel as though that fertility for you will be difficult or challenging or hard or it's going to take you a long time to fall pregnant because someone around you, your mother, your sister or someone else you know, it took them 12 months, two years, three years, five years. What about some of you who might have the fear that you may not ever be able to get pregnant? And that's a real fear for so many women and I think that that speaks volumes of our current lifestyle and our current culture because the infertility rates uh you know within australia at the moment um and this is you know for most of the western world it's about one in five to one in six couples are deemed infertile but that figure is very misleading because what that means is that there's actually not enough eggs or not enough sperm to physically create a baby what most people experience um, when they talk about infertility is subfertility. So just meaning that their body isn't working optimally, because remember, this is part of a healthy, optimally functioning body to be able to conceive. Uh, it's so it's, it's a subfertility sort of issue rather than infertility. So let's kind of get some of those um, those words right. And I'm going to start you with a little little saying because this is really what drove us towards how we're creating um, this conversation today. And when we talk about prenatal care, it's really important to liken it to a natural system that we all know about, you know, one that we're not scared about. You see it in action every day. And that's your garden. You know, now if you don't have a green thumb, don't fear. We'll teach you how to go through, you know, and heal your body as well. But as the saying is, it's before a gardener sows their seeds in the spring, they have to take care to cultivate the richest 
and most fertile soil possible Mm -hmm. before you put the seeds in. So we need to look at our bodies this way too and say how are we going to create this fertile soil that's going to allow our body to grow, um, you know, a beautiful child. I love it. And to put that simply, you need a healthy body to make a healthy baby. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, I'm really, really excited to go through some of these things. And we're going to keep it simple because this topic is so big and we could really delve into, you know, the tests and, you know, going down the some of the fertility assistant protocols and things like that. But today we're going to keep it simple. We're going to teach you how to really optimize your own fertility. And this is for women and for men. Yes, yes, don't forget 50 50 genetics there. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, women get so and much. Not, not just 50 50 genetics, but 50 50 in terms of fertility. So, yeah. uh, right now, the statistics are it's 50%, you know, with women and 50% with men in terms of their ability to reproduce. So, whatever changes you're making in your lifestyle, your partner has to do the same as well because you know it takes two to make a baby, so it takes two healthy people to make a healthy baby. Absolutely, and I think this is where a lot of women uh, fall into the trap of feeling solely responsible for the journey they need to go on, that it's their body they've got to fix, they've got to sort themselves out, it's their life that they've got to get in order, um, and yet, you know, as we explained, the responsibility is two ways there. So let's just start with this idea that at the moment, in an ideal world, you have the opportunity to control some of the things that are going to happen in the next (laughs) six to 12 months. Okay. Um, And this is, you know, aside from the women who have conceived unexpectedly or are currently pregnant, all of this information still applies because a healthy body anywhere before, during pregnancy is relevant to how well you, you know, develop in, in utero that child. So um, I think the key there is to look at the realities that the egg and sperm require time to mature. So for both men and women, that's somewhere around three to four months. So if you're looking at having a child, you need to bring that window and step back and look six to 12 months in advance to be able to get your body into an ideal state for your ideal fertility. Yeah, exactly. And especially women who have had um, some hormonal contraception that they've been using, especially if it's been a long time, I always try and encourage them, you know, again, in an ideal world to give themselves about 12 months because there's going to be some change that have to happen. And remember, we talked about that post-birth control syndrome. So this applies for, uh, you know, pregnancy as well. When you come off the pill or any other kind of hormonal contraception, your body goes a bit haywire. So you need time to allow that to heal. And at a very bare minimum, at least three months. That's a bare minimum because your ovaries will alternate from one to the other and you would want to get a bit of a detoxification process happening there so that we are you know, actually producing some eggs without the effects of all of those synthetic hormones. And there may also be a detoxification process that is essential within that hopefully 12-month window as well, especially if coming off hormonal contraception. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I tend not to recommend women go through detox processes um, before they want to get pregnant anyway, um, in the sense that like if they're planning next month on a full pregnant, well, don't start a detox right now because you need to have done that a long time before that ideal window where you want to fall pregnant um, just to eliminate the risks involved with the toxins that are being released through tissues. So 
this is you can see why we sort of get excited but also you know complex in some ways to make sure that you're doing things in the right timing but let's just talk about what we call our holistic prenatal approach to falling pregnant with the healthy body and healthy baby you desire so andrew when you have a woman comes in and she tells you uh look i'm really keen my husband and i keen to get pregnant we'd love to have a baby in the next six to 12 months like what should we be doing should i be getting tests do i have to go to a doctor now what 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 am i supposed to do right now uh that is such a good question and there's two ways to look at that the first is absolutely their lifestyle factors which we'll get into in a moment uh, because these you know might have to be modified a little bit um the other thing is yes you can definitely have testing and yes uh if this will give you absolute peace of mind or if you need a benchmark of where you need to go to, so maybe you have some pre-existing hormonal uh, imbalances that you might be aware of uh, and you want to just get a bit of a check-in to see how that's going, I would certainly encourage you to get testing. Um, there's a few different things that you can do. Uh, look, serious fertility testing is very invasive and very stressful. So start with the basics. Um, I would encourage women and men Again, it's 50-50 to, to check these things. Um, there's a very specific test for women that can be measured through a blood test. It essentially checks your ovarian reserve. It's called an AMH or anti-malarium hormone. And effectively, it tells you how many eggs you've got left. Uh, if, especially for, say, older women, if you're trying to conceive later in life, this might be something of concern. So that's a really nice, easy blood test that you can have that's not too invasive. So that's your AMH. I would certainly suggest doing a you know generalized hormonal pa- panel. Um, you can do a 28-day panel as well that you'll do throughout your cycle, which will give you a very good idea when you're ovulating, you know, what your estrogen and progesterone are doing, what your luteinizing hormone, your follicular-stimulating hormones are doing, and all of that sort of thing, which will be really great information for your practitioners to see if we need to support any pathways, if we need to calm down any pathways, or, you know, even if we need to detoxify things like that. Um, all of your estrogen ratios are important as well. So we want to look at E1, 2, and 3, and the ratios between them two. Um, for guys... Definitely doing a sperm count, so looking at a semen analysis, which will tell us, you know, the shape, the number, the morphology, all of those sorts of things. Um, for guys, it's pretty easy to change. You know, they're, they're pretty resilient. Sperm has much, uh, is much more um, easier to change, essentially. Uh, and but that's an important thing to test as well. And guys' lifestyle, just like ours, might need a little bit of a shake up too when thinking about making a baby. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into some of those things now. Um, first and foremost, I think it has to start with the gut. Just like you mentioned with your gardening analogy, you have to have a really good, um, you know, good soil to to develop in, and so that effectively for the body is your gut flora. It's your gut function. Um, so women, if uh, if they're having you know, constipation, diarrhea, irritable bowel type symptoms, um, you know, lots of gas, really smelly gas, all of those sorts of things are indications that there's no good balance of the bowel flora, that the microbiome is all out of whack, um, and possibly that they're not getting all the right nutrients that they need. So that is a really good place to start. 
And of course, if the gut's not functioning correctly, then you're going to be missing out on some of those micronutrients, which are essential for developing the genetic material required for developing the egg and a healthy egg as well. So exactly, yeah, that's I think that's an incredibly great place to start because you know turn to to diet, you know first and foremost, start looking at what you're putting in because that creates the substrate for what you get out and that's in just so many layers of your health and lifestyle you will hear us say it time and time again um, start with your diet first you know make sure you start to clean up some of the environmental stress that comes through your diet mm-hmm. and then work on other pathways because the diet the food we put in has the ability to change on a local level so many different things i mean we, from a chiropractic point of view, we, we look at the nervous system and yet we know that our children that are being pumped up on things that are stimulants or, or sugars or caffeines or whatever it is, changes their neurological responses. So, Absolutely. you know, yes. it's, it's like that chicken or egg, what comes first? And the reality is we don't have a perfect answer for that. So let's control what we have control over and that is what goes in your mouth. Yeah, definitely. And when women are pregnant, they often tend to pay way more attention to their diet. You know, you don't have this, don't have that, make sure you're having plenty of this. But the same is true when you're actually getting your body to be its most fertile self as well. So, you know, that leads us to the foods that can really help. Uh, it's really interesting, Ash. Um, some of the traditional cultures had very sacred fertility rituals. And a lot of that was actually around the specific foods that they would eat beforehand. Um, you know, these guys were so clever. They would make sure that they had plenty of organ meats, uh, eggs, raw dairy products, even fish eggs, and all of these things are the most nutrient-dense foods available. And they even knew these things, um, you know, in, in ancient times and in traditional cultures. Um, so, for example, the Maasai tribe in Africa would actually only allow couples, couples to marry after they'd spent six months um, consuming raw milk products um, during the wet season. So the wet season is when there's lots of beautiful green grass, the uh, you know, health of the, the cows or the cows or whatever they're drinking the milk from would be optimal. Uh, and that's the nutrient-dense products that they'll be consuming. Um, so it's clear that these cultures knew the importance of beautiful nutrient dense foods and the certain things that would aid their fertility and we're kind of catching up now (laughs) by figuring out what those are so my top list of foods to really aid fertility are this you know and it's all going to come back to fats as well so your hormones are made up of proteins and fats so you've got to make sure that you've got really good quality uh, sources of those you want really good um, omega-6 to omega-3 ratios um, I love eggs they're such a perfect nutrient dense bundle and if you think about it an egg has everything it needs to create life and you don't want to go down that rabbit hole too much but that is why it's such a, a perfect thing that women can be eating um, you have them as snacks have them for brekkie um, you know it, cook them with them all of those sorts of things get them in as many sources as you can what else would you suggest ash um for, uh, what are your top foods yeah look in an ideal world we could eat organic produce all yeah, the time absolutely but i know that the conversations i've had with clients it's either unavailable yep. or difficult to get or outside their budget expense wise mm-hmm. Again, it's always tricky because whatever you value is what you spend your money on. But at the same time, if you're looking at reducing the toxic load on your body prior to conception, that would be a really awesome idea 
to switch over for a period of three to six months prior to the ideal you know, time when you'd like to conceive so that you're helping to eliminate some of those environmental toxins, the pesticides and the sprays that go onto fresh produce because you could be consuming an incredibly you know, nutrient-dense, rich, whole food lifestyle but then all your produce has been overladen with sprays that are coming off the farming methods that have been used to produce them. So it is tricky because you're sort of thinking, well, is that such a big deal? Actually, it is a big deal because you're trying to get that genetic profile right so that you can produce the best quality eggs and sperms for the potential, you know, fertilisation. So yes, do I think it's a big deal? Yes, I do encourage women and men to change their household groceries and switch them over towards organic produce if for nothing else just that ideal window towards conception and then make choices again later on and I try and encourage women who are breastfeeding to stay on that organic produce for the, the duration of breastfeeding and then after that you know if you really 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 can't afford for any reason choose not to continue then maybe after that but you know like I say we're talking ideal world here for the idea that some of us may have access to these produce that we can get and yet I know there's a lot of people listening to us and they go well my local shops do not have organic so and I wholeheartedly agree Um, sometimes it does take a little bit of searching around to figure out where you can access these things from but that's why the farmers markets are so brilliant Um, a lot of the health food stores might have uncertified organic products so they might be pesticide free or insect side free and they should be clearly labeled as well so that is even a better option if they don't have organic produce available or it is more expensive some things are actually comparable i know in uh, the local health food store that i shop in the organic produce that's loose is the same price as an organic produce fabulous so you know why would you why would you even <laughs> that just got me thinking actually i'm imagine if we create a movement of women who are looking at prenatal care that set up their own little one meter cubic box gardens oh. and started growing their own produce so not while, while they're trying to develop their fertility they're actually out there helping the environment helping the you know themselves birds and bees are happier and we're not using pesticides and, and the toxic I love it. so that ladies that's all your homework uh, so, so start that today um, you want me to garden that would be amazing imagine if everyone could start our own little box garden and start growing some things that would be great for her, her health as well now if you have to be selective about some of the products um, that are organic some things that I would try and encourage you more towards would be organic meats organic eggs um, and there's some fruits and vegetables that are create are much more susceptible to toxic exposure so things like blueberries are so laden with chemicals because they're so heavily sprayed and they absorb them so much I can hear um, a collective sigh for all those ladies that make their morning smoothies with frozen blueberries yeah, I so do too but uh, it is important to choose the frozen me, organic blueberries yeah, it's just not negotiable for blueberries yeah. um, things like broccoli as well broccoli, broccolini some of those are the green leafy veggies are also ones that absorb a lot more of the pesticides and insecticides than what some of the other veggies do. So we'll post up a list on our Facebook of things that um, uh, you know might be the non-negotiables that you try and really encourage to get organically. We'll have a look as well. You can just, I mean, curiosity, a lot of people will be curious straight away and want yeah. to know right now. Just go online, Google Dirty 30 Clean yeah. 15, and it gives you a great little, I mean, there's so many little images. So go to your, your view all images and just have a little look at all the tables there because there's some great little um, profiles showing you the dirty 30 and the clean 15 the produce that you really want to say no to these ones yes to these ones and it helps you make some better choices so look there we go first first things first whole foods diet clean it up get your get your food right that'll help get your microbiome and your gut right and that's going to set the foundations for healthier bodies 
So we've got eggs, we've got organic food, um, other things just to keep it simple. Lots of fish, particularly wild-caught salmons, really high in our beautiful omegas. We, you know, that's a really great thing. Um, really good quality uh, protein as well. Avocados, nuts and seeds. Um, Extra virgin coconut oil, love yeah, it. Yeah, all these things beautiful. have um, MTCs, mid-chain triglycerides, which yes. is fantastic. So again, really important stuff for healthy bodies. So now that we shift away from the foods, because these are obviously one part of it there's still a lot of other areas we can be looking at mm-hmm. um i personally think number two is stress reduction oh i, I would let's move that to the high side absolutely absolutely yeah absolutely it yeah. determines all our choices from thereafter doesn't yeah. it when we're stressed we make bad food choices when we make bad food choices we're undermining our desire to you know have our bodies healthy so really actually jumping ahead of food stress is number one Remember in caveman days, and I've used this analogy so many times, we're running for our life because we're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. If we have that huge, um, you know, adrenal stress response, diverts the blood away from our reproductive organs and our gut because it is not important for our body to be baby-making when we're in a fight-or-flight response. And that's what happens when we're stressed. The triggers are different but the physiological effects are still exactly the same. So, you know, ladies, you've got to get a handle on your stress. You need to be able to recognize it and put things into place to manage it. And so some of those things might be such as finding some time out for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, It may be something you enjoy doing that you haven't been doing for a long time. You think, well, hang on, I used to love going to my art classes each week. I haven't done that for the last 12 months because I've just had too much on. Well, if you want to have a baby and you think you've got too much on now, I dare to challenge you that you may have a whole lot more on in uh, nine months down the track when you do have that bundle in your arms because life gets much busier, much harder, as all my mums tell us. So let's set the foundations now and have a balanced lifestyle in terms of work-life balance, um, choosing the things that make you happy now because it's not going to get any easier to make those choices later on. So set it up now. Set yourself ready so that you know how to come down after a hard day. If that means a walk along the beach or just like literally lying like a starfish in the park or whatever it is that makes you feel relaxed and, and feel like you're resting, caution there is digital media technology television it may feel as though you're relaxing and i know people are going to say but ashley i it does i chill out when i watch tv i veg out i agree it has a component of veg out but it's still not your own space your Mm -hmm. own mind relaxing peaceful it's actually escapism so you're using something else to help you um drown out the realities of what's going on in your life so be cautious about using technology to escape out of stress and depending on what shows you're choosing to watch, that could also induce that thyroid. It could ramp it up. Response. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Watching a murder mystery right before bedtime could, you know, elicit all sorts of wild dark thoughts and creations from your brain. Yeah, that's just crazy. So, yeah, <laughs> so we'll suggest that, um, you know, stress reduction, you know about things like yoga, tai chi, pilates, things that help you focus on your body, help your mind relax. Meditation, number one, is on the top of the list for stress reduction. There are so many studies. There's so much research confirming meditation's power and ability to down-regulate cortisol response in the body, which is your fight-or-flight response. So, you know, whether you like to meditate or not, you're going to need to learn how to like it. (laughs) You need to learn how to love it, actually. But um, meditation could be 
not necessarily you know dedicating your mind to the flame on the candle it might literally be just taking a walk along the beach listening to the sound of the ocean and allowing your mind to wash away with the waves i mean that's how i do it that's my space yeah yeah great and just having that presence as well so just focusing on where you're at in that moment can be really powerful as well it's that mindfulness awesome so stress reduction uh you know clean up your gut clean up your food Supplementation is um, is so important when wanting to conceive because our our soils are not nutrient dense like what they used to be. They've been demineralized with all the over farming for such a long time. Um, everybody knows that you need folic acid before you fall pregnant, um, or well, I'm hoping they know that you need folic acid actually before you fall pregnant, not just once you find out you're pregnant, start taking your, you know, your elevate or whatever has been prescribed to you. Um, folic acid in particular is critical for a long time before you actually have the, or before you actually conceive. And the reason being is that it's about day 27 to 28 when the neural tubes actually close and you need folic acid and zinc for that process to actually happen. And by that day of pregnancy, most women don't actually even know that they're fully pregnant. They might have some inklings, but that's generally before they might think of their next missed period. So that's why we're missing that essential nutrient component in that stage. That's really interesting because I think there's actually probably a bit of feedback through my practice. I find a lot of women... Um, that's as much as they know when they decide they want to conceive. Yeah, they just go into the pharmacy, tell the pharmacist that we're looking to get pregnant. What should I take? And now that I'm taking that supplement, everything's going to be okay yeah. because I'm taking the supplement that they told me to take, and that's going to make healthy babies. If only it was that simple. And this falls into the trap of this concept we all have, which even though pregnancy is not an illness, um, a pill for every ill. We're yeah. trying to find the magic pill to fix every health problem we could possibly ever have we look at the body in systems we break it down into oh hang on my gut's off so i need this if my my you know my fertility is off i need this if my headache comes up i need this like it's just constantly breaking the body down into systems however when it comes to fertility we have to keep going back to the whole yeah. the whole system the whole body mind body and spirit as well so again working on all those angles is so so important exactly and even to take that down you know one step uh smaller folic acid is vitamin b9 in nature the b vitamins don't come separated it's you know they, they come in a complex that's why there's so many of them so taking a really good high quality b complex will cover that for you um i certainly recommend much higher quality products than elevate i know it's the most popular one that, that women have um you know over the counter here in australia um i'm not that overly impressed with it though um the current recommendations of uh, folic acid um, or folate for women when they're pregnant is about 400 to 800 milligrams a day I usually like to up that a little bit to about 500 to 1,000 a day. Um, but again, if you're taking a good, really well-rounded, um, you know, B complex or a really good uh, prenatal supplement, then that should cover it easily. Um, with the supplementation, just as too little of something is not a good idea, too much of something is also not a good idea. So this is a time when you really want to speak to your health practitioners and get you know, therapeutic levels, practitioner-only quality that they can prescribe to you because you know this is the health of your body and its ability to grow life. So you want to make sure it's a good one. And there's uh, also great supplements for men as well. 
Yeah, don't forget the boys. Make sure they're, they're doing their share of the workload as well. Yeah. Um, I think certainly for me, it's, we talked a little bit about how the food, you eliminate pesticides and, and some of the chemicals there. But looking at your whole home life, and we covered this in depth actually in our sort of first couple of episodes, definitely episode two, three, and four, where we talk about how we create the, you know, the wellness lifestyle. And wellness lifestyle means eliminating toxins. Yeah. And so to eliminate toxins, and when people think about toxins, they generally just think of the straightforward, uh, you know, chemicals because of my food and possibly you know a clinic product in my home and that's absolutely it but we've got to look at you know air water quality there's so many components where, where toxins seep into our lifestyle so if you're currently using off-the-shelf uh, spray bottle chemical cleaning products in your home that are not organic biodegradable safe then you need to switch over and start making your own. Mm-hmm. And it's so simple to make your own. Go back to our first couple of episodes, have a little listen in and see what we were talking about there because it can be as simple as having three ingredients, white vinegar, lemon juice and bicarb soda. And with those there and a microfiber cloth, you can pretty much clean your house top to toe and it costs you a bucket load less. It's completely safe for you and your body and for any you know, baby that might grow or is growing. And it's just much nicer to do your own stuff. It's really not that much harder. I'm so impressed that you do that, Ash. That's so oh, great. It's just, I just think, why not? You know, I couldn't imagine. And I actually, you know, wondered why I always used to... I really, as much as everyone loves that clean home smell, and that's a really big challenge because for a lot of, like, people, mm-hmm. if you have a clean that comes in, you want to come home and know they've been there. Yeah. You want that clean home smell. We all want to come home or you want to let your husband know you spent all day <laughs> bloody cleaning the house and he has to walk in and go, oh, you've cleaned today. Oh, it looks great. You know, like you really, we kind of want other people to know we've done the clean house thing. So to do that, you can actually also use um, essential oils. There's lavender, there's peppermint, there's orange oil. These are also going to give you the clean home smell without you having used chemicals in the house. So don't forget, you're allowed to have clean home vibe but just not with the the chemicals that come out of the spray bottles from the supermarket shelves oh that um, impresses me so much um, and, but it is so simplistic and i love that you do that there are some really good quality brands that are chemical laden um if you need a little bit of help in that transition um which is kind of where i'm at at the moment yeah, so, so <laughs> you, and i totally get it it's, it's just super easy to go and buy something off shelf and if you do want to do that you just need to do your homework yeah. you need to have a little look at what's going to work safely for you and for your family home same goes with the products that you use on your body. Anything that you skin, put on face, your skin, yeah. mm-hmm. should, you should be able to eat. It's as simple as that. If you can't eat it, then don't put it on your skin because it's absolutely absorbed into your bloodstream. Same goes for you guys. So if your partners have their morning routine where they get up and they've shaved, they're using their shaving creams and their you know, aftershave and deodorants and their colognes and all of those sorts of things, again... These are endocrine disrupting chemicals. So you have a chat to your partner about, you know, limiting those products as well because it's 50-50. Yeah. Well, my husband transitioned over, um, I think very early on when we moved to Australia and for anyone who didn't hear the background, my husband's Dutch and we moved to Australia a few years back um, after having lived in Europe for quite some time. And he, we came to WA and we just decided to clean up some of the lifestyle things. Like, these are some of the things we went, you know what, it's about time we actually just finally stop um and ahhing going, I'll keep just that foundation because I haven't used it all up yet, but I'll... No, we just, just cleared it all out. And he switched over to a gorgeous Australian brand from WA, actually, Sadashi. So if you're wondering, like, oh, what... Well, hang on, how do guys get a good shaving cream? Because my husband likes the big lathery, foamy thing. 
there are products out there that make them specifically for men, men's ranges that are organic, chemical-free ranges. And so he uses Sadashi. He smells amazing, by the way. So <laughs> you just like it's like everyone who thinks that it takes cologne or perfumes, you know, to make someone like have that that gorgeous smell. Honestly, essential oils with sandalwood and stuff is so de- so delicious. So, ladies, you can have you know really hot smelling boys as well. Just uh, switch them over to some organic face care. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, I love that. Beautiful. Um, I want to talk about your contraceptive options because this is something that women don't actually really think too much about. It's like, oh yeah, we're planning on a baby in say twelve months' time. You need to change the goalie <laughs> yeah. um, before that time. So, I would absolutely suggest. Coming off the pill, like I said before, coming off the pill or any other kind of hormonal contraception. Yeah, IUDs, 12 months, remove them, everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. 12 months in advance. And this includes the copper IUD as well, okay? Uh, with elevated copper, it can decrease your zinc a little bit. And zinc is essential for preconceptive health and hormonal balance as well. Um, I would certainly uh, give yourself as much time as you possibly can. You know, look at the barrier methods condoms diaphragms those sorts of things are brilliant um and still incredibly effective uh chart your cycle figure out when you're ovulating you know use um you know abs i don't want to say abstinence but use natural fertility methods uh before you're trying to conceive as your, um, you know, your form of contraception. Yeah, go online, have a look at the app store if for everyone who's got their little smartphones. You can actually download a really cool app and I've got this uh, not too long ago and it's really surprising because I was just looking for, for tools and resources that you lovely listeners could actually utilise and get the benefits from. Um, so I could try and test them first to see if it's worth recommending them to you. Um, it's called Glow, G-L-O-W, and it's a great app because it, it charts so much about your fertility, um, basal temperature, mucus, everything. If you choose to go that far and t- to track it all, it's digital. It gives you a little like reminder, if you want them, little reminders about when you're fertile, what you can do. It gives you little lifestyle tips and tricks along the way just to keep you on track. So if you feel as though you need some accountability and you want someone sort of tapping you on the shoulder and say, hey, don't forget, then it's actually a surprisingly good app. So I'm pretty yeah, impressed right. with it. It's got some good natural health options. So it sits with me because I'm a bit, you know, careful about what I recommend because we know that some of the guidance is... Oh, unfortunately infused with some sort of, I guess, would you say, profit Oh, yeah, So, you know, unfortunately there's certain things you're told to do because there's profits for someone else in mind. Uh, But we just care that you get healthy, get well, create amazing bodies, amazing babies. Um, So, yeah, certainly try the Glow app, G-L-O-W. I like My Moon Time as well, so find that one. Um, Just with your apps, make sure you customise them. Okay, so, for example, one thing you're going to be really wanting to look at is obviously your cervical mucus changes. Um, We're going to go into this in another episode because it's so important um, to really understand, you know, how important your cervical mucus is for your fertility. Um, however, just make sure you're able to customize it, but also export the data because so many of my patients, I'm always saying to them, okay, print the charts off, bring them in so I can actually have a look at them. Um, so make sure it has that option to be able to do that. Print it out, yeah. One of the quirkier ones that um, a lot of women wouldn't think about and may have not even heard about is your dental care, oral hygiene. So there's a couple of things in this here. Before you want to get pregnant, you want to, for example, dental work. Get all your dental work done, okay? You don't want to be having dental work while you're pregnant at any point. So many different reasons for that. But just make the long story short, you just don't want it done because it's connected with premature labor. 
So we sort of suggest that if you've got amalgam fillings and things like that, make sure you go to a holistic dentist where they can put a, um, a dam in the back of the mouth to stop you inhaling or breathing in any of the amalgam that you might be having removed mm-hmm. and get rid of amalgam fillings where possible because, again, heavy metals, toxicity, genetics, fertility, they're all connected and uh, it's very hard to sort of tell you, you know, which is better, which is worse. It's just simply go to a dentist that respects your fact that you don't want amalgam fillings get them removed, get any holes or things sorted out, get any dental work done before you want to get pregnant. Yeah, perfect. Um, and that kind of leads us into uh, the general lifestyle changes that you may need to make when you're actually trying to conceive. And exercise is so important. Your body needs to move. Um, when you're pregnant, it puts a huge amount of load on the body. Our bodies are designed for it, but it's a hell of a lot easier if you're fit and healthy. Labor is like a marathon. You need to be fit to be able to, you know, really actively go through that process, which you should be able to. Um, in terms of your body weight, being overweight or underweight is certainly not ideal in terms of trying to conceive. Um, there's a whole bunch of different hormonal, you know, issues that come into play in each of those. And there's a very rudimentary sort of way of looking at your body weight when you're trying to be most fertile and that is you take your height in centimeters so for me i'm 168 centimeters take off a meter so that leaves me 68 centimeters that's what you should be in kilos for your ideal fertile weight um women should have at least about 10 percent more fat on them than than men um just because we need that. It's it's part of our hormone uh, balance. Um, so you know, don't be too attached to you know super low body fat percentages and things like that during this fertile time. And we're talking ideals again. We know people who have conceived at seven eight percent body fat. We know people who've had no troubles and they're sitting at thirty percent body fat. So, it, but we're. You know, I guess you're listening because you really care about getting your body in the best shape possible. So from that perspective, do look at how you can get your nutrition right, get your stress reduction happening, get your fitness up to, to scratch. You know, a bit of body strength is so useful, like Andrea said. And certainly then work on the mindset. Start to look at ways you can reduce the fear paradigm that surrounds this idea of falling pregnant because you will hear it often from a myriad of health professionals mind affects body and so if you have any unresolved fears surrounding pregnancy whether it be to fall pregnant whether it be the risk of a child not being healthy or well or maybe it's the fear of how your life is going to change it'll never be the same again i'll never have a good night's sleep again just imagine if that's a background fear you have and yet you're telling the world that you want to be pregnant, but your mind has got these strong, energetic blocks on it, Mm -hmm. I think you'll start to see that connect point there where your mind will override anything. If it feels any threat from falling pregnant, it could certainly be an underlying cause for lack of fertility or potentially miscarriage. I mean, you think about that. Your brain does not want conception chances are your body will figure out how not to conceive. And this might just be a little bit of a subconscious story that's sort oh, of... Uh, most of the time it is, because you wouldn't be wanting to fall pregnant if you if you consciously didn't want to fall pregnant. So it's like, this is where sometimes delving into that with an NLP practitioner or an EFT, an emotional freedom technique. There's so many different, I mean, so many different approaches. So we're not here to school you on which approach is right for you. But certainly a form of mental mastery counselling to help you break down any potential 
um, reservations or fears and really embrace that possibility of being pregnant and being excited about it, not scared about it, um, having the confidence in the knowledge you have. So that will mean you need to get resourced. So look into your community groups, learn about prenatal classes, learn about some of the things that will make you feel secure and safe that you're not doing this journey alone and that you've got the community around you to help you when, t- when times get tough. And so you feel safe and so then you're more likely to go through that process of safety, comfort, body balance, body harmony, mental, emotional harmony, and hopefully that makes it that much easier to fall pregnant. Beautiful. All right, so let's, let's wrap up. Um, for your optimal, perfect, preconceptive body, you want to make sure that you look at your stress, reduce your stress as much as you can, um, incorporate some, some meditations and yoga, some of those really mindful practices, um, clean up your gut, make sure your gut health is ideal, and if you need help with that, speak to your practitioners. Um, a supplement, uh, look, I would certainly recommend a prenatal supplement for all women, no matter what. Um, you want to make sure it's got your good B complexes in it, vitamin D, um, zinc, magnesium, um, potassium, vitamin K, vitamin C, and all your minerals as well. So that's kind of a bit of a baseline there. You can certainly go down the road of doing some testing to figure out if you're nutrient deficient, if you've got any heavy metal toxicity, um, you know, if you, there's any allergies or anything like that going on that might impact your system in that way. And you can certainly get your hormone levels checked as well um, for you and your partner. Uh, making sure you're moving your body, you've got some good exercise practices happening, um, you know, every day because we need to move our bodies every single day. And sort your mindset out. Cool. Look, I'm going to leave you with a parting, I think, sentence to wrap up this whole episode. Act pregnant now to get pregnant later. Awesome. Okay. So, and that doesn't mean waddle around now just pretending you're pregnant. I'm talking about do all the things in your diet, lifestyle, mind, take your holidays, do your things that you're happiest with. Act pregnant now to get pregnant later. That will help drive your choices, your decisions. I mean, if you have a night out and you you think, oh, let's just have a few more. If you were acting pregnant now, you'd hold back. You wouldn't have the two, three extra glasses of wine. You might stop at half a glass and you know what? I don't need this. And that helps to increase your potential uh, fertility. So, ladies, I hope you've got something out of this episode today. If you love what we're talking about, please tune in to more episodes. Jump back, have a listen to the ones we've already done. Um, you can find us on Facebook, so facebook.com forward slash the wellness women. Tune in there, listen to some of the uh, things that we've shared across the months and we've been doing this already. Um, what else? I think, I mean, for me, it's just about we care that you care enough about yourselves to sort yourselves out so get informed learn what you need to learn and tune into our next episode next week it's going to be all about self-love so we're talking about mindset to nature fertility that's one of those episodes that's going to really help you get that mindset right we look forward to talking to you then have an amazing week be well this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.